I'm Holly Constant. And I'm Maddie Hockaday. We really love Parks and Rec, and we really love behind-the-scenes details. So we're researching everything from DVD extras like deleted scenes and commentaries, plus interviewing cast and crew who actually worked on the show. We also bring on guests and friends to geek out about everything Parks. So join us, you tropical fish. This is literally the best Parks and Rec rewatch podcast. We're your Park Pals. There's a park and some pals, and there's also therapy, too. Okay, hello, everyone. We are at the trial of Leslie Nope. Things are finally happening. This is a yes. big deal. I know it's I feel like this is such a bittersweet episode for me because we have the sweetness and wonderfulness of Ben and Leslie, like it coming to a head and we're over this whole will they won't they like will it work out thing. But it's also like what's going to happen to them? Yeah. And it kind of crashes, but in a good way at the same time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But uh, OK, well, we're here for season it. four. You said what? <laughs> We're here for it, though. We're here for it. Season four, episode nine. This was written by Dan Gore, who was our friend from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and the Shervers, obviously, uh, directed by Dean Holland of also the Shervers fame. And if you're new here, uh, Dean Holland and Dan Gore are both like huge parts of Parks and Rec. But also Dean Holland is like the reason why The Office is The Office, I think, um, as far as like the, you know, uh, mockumentary style and the editing, jump cuts, all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. amazing team here. Um, and for me, I just feel like this one didn't have a ton of extra information for me because first of all it's all in one place which we've talked about yeah the whole scene or episode is in city hall um and i can't remember what that kind of episode is called they talked about it on office ladies um it's called like a bottle episode i think i want to something like that mm-hmm where they like keep it all in one because it's cheaper but also like I, and there's also no a b or c stories it's all the trial which i think is in super intentional and perfect because i yeah. think this is such a huge focus and everybody's kind of playing a role in their own way in in what's happening. Yeah. So I, I, I love it. But like I was telling you earlier, like I felt like it was going to last. The episode is going to last a long time because there's no like cutting to the other mm-hmm. stories. And it just felt like it went by in a snap for me. Yeah. And they do cut back and forth pretty frequently. Um, but yeah, it was it was really well done. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I have summary written whenever you're d- ready. Perfect. Okay. Trial of Leslie Nope. Leslie and Ben have finally decided that they are going to start a relationship together, but first they must face the wrath of Chris and the next steps in Leslie's job. I yeah, short and sweet. I mean, yeah, that's all it is. and I mean that summary also points to like a really interesting um, like storyline or not storyline, but just like theme almost of like them thinking that it's like Chris's rule. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like not even though I totally agree that he takes it a little bit out of hand with calling 14 witnesses. But, you know, yeah, I have a lot of like back thought on the whole Chris aspect of of the Me story too. for sure. Yeah. Well, this episode opens with Ron trying to buy a model aircraft, and he's asking April basically how the internet works, because apparently an ad came up that had his first and last name, which, as we know, Ron would hate this Mm -hmm. as far as privacy goes. And she explains about cookies and how the internet remembers things you buy so that it will learn what you like and offer ads and whatever else so you'll keep buying stuff, which is hilarious to me also, because how far we've come, even that like was kind of the begin, not the beginning, but like kind of the beginning, like in the early 2000s, mid 2000s. Um, and by mid 2000s, I mean like 2010s kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how it would, the cookies have always been a thing, but like now with Instagram and TikTok and all these like ads that come at you 
no matter what and how you can kind of curate your algorithm to show you the things that you like. It's wild. It's kind of scary. I'm kind of with Ron on this. Um, I, what was it? I think I was looking at for our honeymoon flights to Ireland Mm -hmm. on my work computer. Didn't do mm-hmm. any looking because I didn't have, a, you know, we, Ivan and I share this computer. So I wasn't looking on here. I was looking on my work computer and my work computer and my phone are not connected in any way. And then Ireland ads started pop- popping up on my FaceTime. Yeah. Or my Facebook. And I was like, okay, no, I, know. I don't like that. <laughs> That's kind of yeah. scary. But at the same well, time, like I think things like TikTok, right? I prefer for them to use the ag- algorithm to know what I like because I don't want to sit there and watch 20 minutes of videos that I don't think are funny. Yeah, that part is true. Um, but yeah, the ads thing, I didn't realize also until, well, I mean, until this like kind of all started that like when I would look stuff up on my work computer, I was logged in on my Gmail and Google obviously knows everything. Oh. So if you were logged into your Gmail, potentially, it does connect to your phone. Absolutely. <laughs> Yep. Okay. Well, that answers my question. Makes me a little less freaked out. (laughs) But still, there are times, I mean, obviously, maybe we think we don't talk about or like Google stuff on our phone or whatever. But there have definitely been times when you are literally just talking about it with your friend and then Mm -hmm. it comes up. And so I have no like, I don't know, naivety about them potentially listening. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, but to me, it seems interesting because I don't know this, the way that I was watching this was kind of like this is I don't know not that it's like biting Ron in the butt but I also feel like I don't know this is capitalism at work Ron this is what you love (laughs) so I don't like this is the bad side of what you love so I'm sorry but that's how it works yeah there's pros and cons to everything bud yeah so anyway but he learns about google earth and throws away his whole computer which i think is so funny this very ron swanson to throw away a computer Mm -hmm. that doesn't even solve the issue if you just throw that away (laughs) right well and like breaking your phone and there's it's still information on there in the the ether (laughs) yeah it still lives out there but it's not just your computer um i i love the edit there like there's no explanation nothing and i think there's i I love the editing in this episode and we know why you explained mm-hmm. it in the very first minute of this podcast. But um, mm-hmm. I think that was just one of the, the greatest things because there's no com- communication about what's what he's going to do or anything. We just see him throwing the, the computer. Totally. And I wonder, uh, I do wonder how I'm going to have to add that to my to do list again, because I think I've reached out or tried to reach out to Dean Holland a couple of times. But the I wonder how uh, how much he did have in this or maybe um in the editing part of it because I mean he directed it so I'm sure that Mm -hmm. he like was thinking of the edit as he's directing too but there is actually um, an editor uh, named Ivan actually which is Uh ironic Uh, but there's an editor that has edited like pretty much all of up till now the parks so I don't know if like Dean Holland has been working with Ivan to go through uh, what he wants or if Mm -hmm. Ivan took some like knowledge slash inspiration from dean i don't know so i'm very intrigued and i will have to reach out to both of them somehow yeah because that'd be that'd be fascinating to know yeah um i did look up slash did a tiny little deep dive on google earth and how it started and all these things (laughs) i I think i was living overseas Um, when it when it started and i came back one mm. year and david and andrew showed me like hey you can see the outside of your house and we could find my house in beijing and it was crazy like it's nuts it's so detailed well my it's kind of like 
I feel like my house is uh, my home house, like my hometown and everything is very similar to Ron's house, um, meaning that there's just trees all around yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's not really anything else except for like a few spotted houses here and there. So it's really wild to see the satellite view of like all the trees and still mm. see your house. It's nuts. Yeah. But anyway, well, it started, it really began in 2001. Um, and this episode was in 2011, I think, at this point. Mm-hmm. So it was fairly newish, especially with technology changing so frequently. Um, but it was really started from a company named Keyhole and with the satellites. And so not the cars driving around with the cameras on top. That started a little bit later. It was because like, remember, or maybe um, when you talk about like your house in Beijing and stuff, like you could see and what I was just talking about, like the satellite view of it, not like the street view. So that's okay. what really what started. Um, and like, I mean, you could use satellites are in uh, have been in use forever. So they just kind of used this technology. Um, but Google acquired Keyhole in 2004. So that was three years later after Keyhole started. And Keyhole's Earth Viewer reached uh, maps or reached like the wide public as Google Earth in 2005. So 2005 was really like when it started ramping up. I don't think when it was Keyhole that it like was used as much. I think it was used, but not like to the public. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Had other like, specific uses. Yeah. Um, but they used the Corona satellite. This is what I was talking about before. Like satellites have been around forever. And the Corona satellites were operated from 1959 to 1972. So they just used the same technology for this purpose. Okay. So crazy. Very cool. Um, and then 2007 is when they started using the cars. So I don't, again, I don't think by 2011 it was as amazing as it is today, like to see the street view. Um, but that's when they started using the cars to go around. And um, I read that they, it's so, this made me laugh a little bit, but also like was kind of wild and amazing too, that like in really remote, oh, bless you. Thank you. In remote parts of the world, they actually use like sheep and goats and people who hike around and like, tie the camera on them and like or that's like strapped to their head um especially the like people that are hiking around to get to those really like small rural areas of like wow all across the world it's crazy what an effort i know that goes into that i know so Anyway, and I think it's also really interesting. I should have looked this up, but there's also that uh, scene in the uh, in the office when <laughs> the Google Maps car catches Moe's and Dwight on the seesaw. And I yes. think that was around the same time. So I, it must have been really prevalent. Yeah. Yeah. Probably like with the big new thing, like that Google Earth existed. Yeah, yeah. totally. But anyway, so that's my little deep dive on that. And now we're back at where Leslie and Ben are telling Chris about their relationship. They're mm-hmm. holding hands like under the table slash next to each other in the chairs. And Leslie's feet are really tapping nervously, which is really a good detail, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. I, I mean, that whole setup that we start there, right? Like mm-hmm. zoomed in on their hands and, and you can see her like bouncing a little bit. And I think it just sets the tone. I love that they're holding hands in solidarity. Mm-hmm. Like they're coming in doing this together. Um and I just, I just thought that was really, really nice. It is. It really is. So, um, and they apologize. I mean, they, they're not like, you know, fuck you kind of thing. They're like, sorry for the position this puts you in. And Chris gets up and I love this line. Are you hugging or fighting? Hugging or fighting? Let me know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, none of those things. None of those things. And I love, uh, she has this optimism, right? Like mm-hmm. about her, like, this is okay. He's gonna, it's gonna be okay. And Ben's face is just like, honey, no. I know. Uh, I love that too of like 
you know, what I'm about to say makes me even sadder, then don't say it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But what he is going to say is that Chris is launching a full scale investigation into the extent of their wrongdoing and they need to report Monday morning for trial and punishment. But um, I mean, I do like that he leads with. You know, this I love you both and yep. this really sucks and I hate this. You know what I mean? Because as much as Chris isn't my favorite character right now, like you do see the bind that this puts him in. Like he doesn't really want to do this trial. He's just trying to be a good boss and leader and government employee and all that stuff. I th- I think this is honestly the way he handles this, this part of it, right? The whole like we're going to do a trial is so professional and fair and because like if he wasn't their friend like right maybe he would have just straight up fired them mm-hmm. or whatnot right but he's also not giving them preferential treatment because he's they're his friend mm-hmm. right and i think that's fair i think if you do if there is a a rule or an understanding that you're not going to date within the government especially a supervisor to employee like they do need to kind of answer for mm-hmm. for for what what's happening right rather yeah. than coming forward in the beginning they're coming forward like a year later mm-hmm. um but yeah, it does get a little bit crazy. But at, right in this moment, I'm like, this was a fair way to do it. Like, I, yeah. can, I can see this. And I did ask Brooklyn, again, for those of you who are new here, Brooklyn is my sister who works in the government. And I did ask her, like, have you ever been a part of an ethics trial? Like, are these even real? Like, Ooh. what is the deal here? And um, she said that she's actually never been a part, like, of them personally or whatever. But um, she definitely knows that they exist. And I was like, that's so fascinating. And one of the main things she said was, like, people try to work for their spouses all the time. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, that's so crazy. Like, I just I don't know. I mean, I know it's real technically, but to hear that it's like happens all the time where people, you know, spouses try to work for their boss, husband or wife or whatever, mm-hmm. like seems really wild. Like, because you can be in different departments, obviously. Right. Um, but they you know, if you're reporting directly to your spouse, it's definitely a, a source of like corruption or or it could be rather a source of yeah. corruption. It doesn't always. It doesn't have to be. Um, but there sticky. are times. Yeah, it's just sticky. And I think there are times too, like in corporate world, which I don't think this is. That's why I think it's so different because in the corporate world, I think if you, as long as you uh, like disclose it, then I think it's technically okay. I don't know how the boss and the employee stuff works, but I know I, I've definitely heard that, um, you know, like relationship disclosure form kind of thing. Um, yeah. But we have, they, you know, we have a lot of um, husband wife uh, people that work at our company, and mm-hmm. and like I said, like Ivan's applied to work there, and they have no issue with that. Um, I think it just, I think it's the whole: is that the person you answer to, mm-hmm. like? it probably can't be like I even think about Jim and Pam right is like Mm -hmm. um when when he's promoted and he's co-manager with Michael like Pam can still answer to Michael Mm -hmm. so it's not like Holly and Michael Holly that's true too and and that's HR yeah that's interesting I just feel like in the corporate world it's different it is like yeah there's tons of corruption in both places but the government like should be at least trying to like yeah (laughs) Take some of that corruption away. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure that if it I'm sure that if it went to court in a corporate world or something like that, it would definitely be investigated further. But I think that the government has way more heavy rules around it. Right. So 
Anyway, um, but I thought that was definitely interesting. There is a whole deleted scene here where Ben and Leslie are in Leslie's office. Uh, and it's actually amazing um, because at the beginning of the scene, they're in the courtyard. Because as you saw, it was snowing outside because now it's mm-hmm. winter in Indiana. Love it. And that is totally CGI, totally fake, because that is totally the Pawnee slash Pasadena, California yeah. <laughs> scene where it is not snowing. And yes. it looks great. Oh, um, I think so, too. Yeah. I think it does. Yeah. But there is this whole deleted scene, which I'll get to the scene in a moment. But I was so flabbergasted because this this is totally Dean Holland because we did this. Oh, shoot. I can't remember which episode it was. But he did this whole thing where the camera is up, like pointing at the sky and then comes back down and pans to like the courtyard. He mm-hmm. did that again. But <laughs> um, it's full on snowing like they have a full on snow machine. It is not. It does not look CGI to me. And they're out in the courtyard, which, again, is on set at CBS Radford in Studio City, California. Um, It's pointing at the sky. It's, like, fully snowing. And then they pan back down. I think I actually took a video of it so I could show it to you. Because I think it looks really good. I don't, like, I don't know why. I mean, I get why they cut it if they weren't going to use that full scene. But I think it looked good. Okay, hang on. I love snow. I know. I do, too. It looks really beautiful, especially when it's, like fake <laughs> oh that's so nice i know it's so cute wait did you see the beginning yeah when they okay. pan when it panned down yeah yeah and so i was like oh my god but i also think it's really interesting that we know about dean holland's like style and how much he loved that courtyard for whatever reason <laughs> so but yeah i really um would have loved to see that further but it's okay you know now um but anyway the actual scene is leslie is like i don't want to go like i don't want to go tell chris let's just not do it we don't have mm-hmm. to do it and she does this whole thing you know how in before she was like let's go scuba diving are you certified we'll get you certified yeah <laughs> like she basically does that except for creating a whole new scenarios and it, i thought you would appreciate this because she says maybe we can move to phoenix and go undercover <laughs> as high school seniors <laughs> and then she has these characters set up for them and uh she's going to be the captain of the gym- gymnastics team and math team and he's going to be a delinquent with a heart of gold and i just think it's so funny that is so Leslie. It's so Leslie. Um, and but Ben says this is where I was really getting to apart from the snow and everything. But Ben says, I promise we'll feel better than we're feeling right now. And then mm-hmm. in that scene that we do see, he's like, told you we'd feel better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it, it, this is so. one of those, I mean, countless situations that we all come upon in our life where it's like, I really don't want to do this thing. But mm-hmm. In a couple weeks, I'm going to feel so much better that I did it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. In it's the moment, just it sucks. part of being a human. Yeah. Uh, well, the next scene is Leslie in the council chambers, and she's there mm-hmm. at 6.30 a.m. Um, but got, she got there, there at 3 a.m. Because <laughs> 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 she couldn't sleep. And Ben says he wanted to come in early to surprise her. But obviously that was, you know, a fool's errand. Yeah. Um, and he gets her this cute little, um, little Sebastian pony. I, I love know. it. I love it, too, because he's just he knows how important little Sebastian was to her. He still doesn't get it, but he's like, you know what? Like, this is important to her. It'll bring her happiness. So, yeah, just, it's so sweet. That was so sweet. It looks so cute. Yeah. Um, And then this is where Ben says she's probably just going to give him the slap on the wrist. Like, don't even worry. Maybe a brief suspension. It's fine. And to Leslie, like, that's awful because that's yeah. a permanent record thing. And she's not the kind of person that has a permanent record. And it's just not OK, you know? Yeah, absolutely. For her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
And I mean, I think for a lot of people who, especially because she has these aspirations to go really far in the government, right? Yeah, that's true too. She doesn't want that tainting her, um, tainting her record. I mean, me as a citizen who votes for people, right? Mm -hmm. To learn, hey, she has this on her record, but she ended up married to him. That would, that would be for me in the long run. It's like, okay, well, they were meant to be there. You know, it wasn't just this affair type situation, but I can see why them were married. Or yeah, dating somebody exactly. else or whatever. Or like underage. Oh my God. <laughs> or an intern or something. too. <laughs> oh my God. But mm-hmm. Ben is trying to comfort her and saying that he'll be on the other side of the wall all day. So just look at that scary monster painting and know that he's there. <laughs> yes. Which uh, I learned in my research is a retouched painting mm-hmm. of an 1859 self-portrait of Jean-Auguste Dominique Igris. I'm mm-hmm. totally butchered that entire fucking name, probably. It's all but good. A person. It was yeah. a self portrait. <laughs> yeah, he was a French painter from 1780 to 1867, which is crazy. Yeah. I love but that. But that's did wild that. that it's like his self portrait and he made himself look like that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what they meant by retouched. Like, how retouched? Did they yeah. like really mess up his like face to make it look worse? Or. I feel like retouched is not right. <laughs> actually i would be interested i didn't do this during the during my research but i I would be interested to like look up the actual self-portrait because i feel like it's just the same you know what i mean by retouch they probably didn't i don't know okay let me see self-portrait oh oh it is it is very retouched his face is not okay so they added what looked like the bird marks the blowing up thing okay share screen share can you see that yeah yeah it's loading okay you see it now yes so that's the real dude yeah this is the real dude that his face is not does not look look blown up he's old but (laughs) he's he's not burned (laughs) right he's not burned by dynamite oh my god that is hilarious beautiful we'll have to post that that's great yes i love that they took it from a real a real painting me too. So. Marcus Everett Langley was his name in the show, and he was Pawnee's greatest lawyer at the turn of the century. Uh, Old Stone Face was his nickname because dynamite blew up his face at the quarry. <laughs> oh, boy. They're not, I mean, they're, they're kind of creative, but mean. <laughs> I know. And I'm sure the same person who painted all the murals painted this because um, it just looks very similar to that, like, style. Yeah. Um, and I did just a, you know... I'll post this interview too, but Jeffrey Massa, who is the art director, we talked to him and he like said a lot of information about the murals and other fun art department things. So I totally think that um, you guys should go back and listen to that if you haven't, because it's super interesting. Yeah. I, and I love that, that I think it's given, giving Pawnee its own vibe, Absolutely. right? With all the paintings kind of looking like yeah. they go together and everything. I'm so glad we looked that up, though, because yeah. I totally, when they said retouched, <laughs> I was like, like, they just painted okay. it again. You know what I mean? Right. But no, they added no, in no. that he was blown up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is great. Oh I love that. I, okay. I also did um, a slight de- deep dive because I'm fascinated by these green lamps mm-hmm. on the on the tables. And I was like, oh, those are in libraries everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like in the Boston Public Library, it's there like all over the place. And so I looked it up, like, why are those... So I think they're cool looking, but like, why are they used? So it sounds like they, they originally were used in libraries because psychologically they thought it was soothing. It put less strain on the eyes. 
um, and it was very popular amongst the upper class, so mm. that it looked made it look much fancier in there. Okay. Um, it's called the Banker's Lamp. Okay. Um, and it also is supposed to boost protect productivity and brain power. Hmm. So interesting. Which now we have like blue light. Yeah. You know, on your screens and stuff. I think that's kind of the very long time ago beginning mm-hmm. of that where they were like this will help mute the the light once people had to be sitting there reading for so long interesting yeah. yeah it's in like all i feel like um government institutions you know mm-hmm. like libraries courthouses things like that yeah absolutely that interesting and like so, lawyers offices too i feel like i've seen those every yeah, now and again definitely you know? at law schools they have it i think yeah i think it's in legally blonde oh I've maybe yeah yeah which again it's yeah library makes sense that stuff. well yeah, they have to read a lot so i wonder because it doesn't like give off a green hue does it no but i think it softens the the light the, the light. light yeah, yeah. i don't think it like turns or maybe it's like slightly green but like not to the eye you know what i mean right that's yeah. interesting okay cool yeah. so that well, Chris is now going off the deep end. This is causing stress and sadness, and Chris hates feeling this. So he went to his herbalist and got 900,000 vitamins and supplements to help him feel better. Um, I thought this was really interesting that they're building on this because, I, I mean, I don't know if it was on purpose or whatever to see him spiral, but like when he spirals later, I don't know, whatever, maybe it's at the end of this season or whatever with yeah, Richard Yeah, it's Nygaard. after Millie. Yeah, where he like needs to go to therapy um because tom is like you spiral so out of control when it's like having to do with the inside of your mind mm-hmm. and so it's really good um character building on his part i don't know if again i don't know if it was on purpose but i really enjoyed seeing that yeah i think i think so too i, I and i i thought it was funny because it seemed like he almost came more prepared than leslie mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> because he has that whole briefcase of like all of his stuff that he's un- unpacking yeah. i mean it's not files and shit it's vitamins right. but um I think that's a great point. Like we're seeing that he has this side to him. That's like not as stable. Right. Um, And I think, I think it also gives him a human quality here because we are upset with him that he's making them go through with it. Mm -hmm. But I think we're also going getting to see the friend side of him. That's really beating himself up that he's doing it. Yeah. Um, Which is, which is kind of nice. Um, Nice to see. Mm -hmm. So I do think he came more prepared though. Like, in general, though, yeah, that's I true. think she thought she was going to be like, OK, I can prove that we didn't do anything unethical. Like, yeah. bye, you know, and I then she learns I, that he got 14 witnesses and she's like, oh, fuck. Right. Well, and I think she thinks back on it. And to her, they stopped dating. Right. Yeah. And, and she's like, well, we you know, that that was our solution that we we obviously didn't do anything wrong. Um, and so I think the fact that he has 14 witnesses is like. Am I forgetting something? Right. Like, holy, Which she does. holy crap. Yes, she did. Yes. <laughs> Big thing to forget to me, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a separate thing. <laughs> um, I did look up St. John's wort because I had heard of it, but I didn't really know what it was. Mm. So Chris says he got B12 vitamins, which I knew, and then St. John's wort. But it's an herb, and it's actually a plant with yellow flowers. It's really beautiful, and it's meant to treat depression and anxiety, which makes sense. But it's named after John the Baptist. That's why it's called St. John's wort, because um, I didn't know oh. that. And the plant usually begins to flower around the 24th of june which is the feast day of saint john the baptist 
Oh, maybe that's why they called it that. Yeah, that's why it's okay. called that. It's so crazy. Um, but apparently, this is actually really funny to me because it contains many chemicals that act on messengers in the brain that regulate your mood, which a lot of you know dietary supplements and things like that do. Mm-hmm. But St. John's wort specifically is available in dietary supplements in the U.S., but France has actually banned it because of drug interaction concerns. And in other countries, it's only available with a prescription because it can give you like, uh, what you call it? Um hallucinations hallucinations yes interesting like so i guess be careful i don't know maybe in the u.s it's only like a certain amount or whatever Mm -hmm. but like in a lot of countries it's only it's not available for like over the counter because of that reason so it's kind of wild because it interacts with the brain chemicals you know what i mean yeah i feel like we um we crack down on our medicine pretty pretty well in this country honestly like make most a lot of things prescriptions mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so, so they can be paid for exactly for big pharma uh that was exactly where i was going with that <laughs> so it's like it's interesting that it's like a you know something we can buy easily but here. at the same time i don't know the food and drug administration is kind of like in some regards a, dr- a joke to me because yeah. like we put so much shit in our like foods and drugs that it, this makes sense to me to my brain mm-hmm. because the fact that like so many gluten-free and dairy-free people can go to to Europe or Mexico and like be totally fine yeah. like doesn't well, make sense we, to me we have so much processed shit mm-hmm. over here that's yeah. really what it is when I go to Europe I feel like I I just even Which if I eat chicken wings every day I feel like better <laughs> because you, you eat what every day even if I eat chicken wings every day it's like oh, I yeah. feel better because it's like fresh mm-hmm. like everything's just so much more fresh yeah so, so. anyway I thought that was interesting so maybe that I'll is fascinating. try some yeah. <laughs> very interesting Okay, so now the trial is starting and the lead jury person, I don't know if it's a jury, but the lead committee person is stating why we're here, asks if Leslie would like to make a statement. Um, This actor is named Kevin Rock. He's been in NCIS, Criminal Minds, two episodes of The Kroll Show, which is cool, Rizzoli and Isles, like a bunch of other things, and most recently, something called Surfside Girls, where he plays a town person, so I thought that was really interesting crossover (laughs) with the townspeople. (laughs) I'm reaching, but I thought that was interesting. (laughs) But his character name, which I, I... don't ever remember them saying it not even in the deleted scenes but his character name on imdb is alan bach like alan b-a-c-h and i'm just like okay Uh, that's his first name or that's his first and last that well it was together oh interesting and there was no other name listed it was just alan bach and i was like okay all right i do feel like this happens a lot in in parks and rec where they get a name and sometimes we don't ever even hear it right totally but I reached out to him and because he was the only one um, I haven't heard back from him yet but like he was that's another reason why I was like this is going faster than I thought because he was really the only guest star that like yeah. we didn't know already you know what I mean right yeah because so. Ethel's been there yeah he did a great all job. the witnesses have been there so yeah so good job to um to Kevin great job love that um mm-hmm. and Leslie says for her like statement thing that she's not going to you know fight the charges she's going to admit to the relationship um they did violate chris's rule which he very he very defensively comes forward and says it's not my rule mm-hmm. like it's it's a government rule it's set in place so that you know we're not you know abusing the system basically i like how much they say she says chris's rule like she said it or not chris's rule but like they say it so much 
even before this episode, but in this episode, it's like by the time we get to him like going crazy with it, um, this is out because she says that I broke Chris's rule. And then he says, I'm going to like question everybody. And what's his name says, you're bringing 14 witnesses. And that's when she says it again. So it's like this constant buildup. And I actually really liked that, um, to be mm-hmm. honest, that Chris was like, it's not my rule. I don't want to do this. I mean, yeah. again, this is where we're still like kind of okay with Chris doing this. Yeah. <laughs> but like this is for this is a government rule that exists in every government. You can't blame me for your actions. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like I totally I kind of like that he did that. I I like the build up that you're talking about too cuz I think even though us as the audience were so gung-ho Leslie mm-hmm. Ben, but seeing the buildup of it being weighed on him yeah. and then him blowing up helps us justify, yeah. okay, yeah, man, we, we feel you, we're with you. Because they never call it like a government rule. They always say it's Chris's rule. Right. So anyway, um, but this is probably my favorite thing where Leslie's explaining Sarah Nelson Quindle, who exposed her elbow, which was a class A felony, but she accepted her punishment to be set adrift on Lake Michigan like a human popsicle. (laughs) Look how calm she looks. That's how I feel. What did she say later? later, The frozen whore. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I love that so much. Oh, my God. Well, and I Uh, like that this lady is standing like she's. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's no way. Balanced on that little piece of ice. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is not they're not in Canada. In Canada, I feel like you might be able to do that. I don't know if ice is over in Indiana enough for you to stand on. That's true. It did look kind of thick if you look at the picture. Yeah. Okay, well, now Chris is questioning Leslie and she's explaining the first time they kissed each other on each other's mouths, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is when they were bidding for the state Little League um, thing to be held in Pawnee, which was a great episode. We love that episode, too. Yes. So good. Um, and Chris asks uh, if there were any special or professional special treatment or whatever. Um, and the way Chris sighs is like, OK, finally, it's over. Like because after Leslie has her little joke of like back rubs and stuff, which mm-hmm. wasn't a joke to her. But it seems like Chris sigh- is sighing like, OK, thank God that's over. We can move on because we mm-hmm. don't know at this point that he's calling so many witnesses. And then the lead guy, Alan Bach, <laughs> says that he's calling 14 <laughs> witnesses. And then this is when Leslie is like, we already, br- I already Wait, admitted it. Like, I think yeah. that's what she thought. All she thought she was going to have to do. Like, I admitted I did it. Like, let's move on now. And that's when he's like, which is why she didn't come super like prepared. Right. Right. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's very, it's very interesting. And she, <laughs> I think Chris, the, the sigh that he gives is because he trusts her to be honest. Yeah. That she takes her job seriously enough that she would say, yes, I got special treatment or no. And honestly, I can't look back on a time that she got special special treatment from Ben. Right. I think I'm 100% with her on that. Like that, that But Chris doesn't true. believe her. That's the thing. Chris says, like, I think you started this relationship earlier. Right. I think that you did everything that you're not saying you did. Um, but so that's what is so like hard for me mm. um, because he's like, I mean, there were no laws broken. Apart from bribery, there's nothing else that... Um, that sh- that they did really um right. which is really like i don't know annoying but you know i don't think they started their relationship earlier than she said like she literally said on and off for a year in that first scene and then she said that the first time that they kissed right i don't know what more you want well and i, I mean i think there was an emotional connection between them but they didn't start anything sure. they were they were both yeah keeping it their distance yeah. until that that yeah. situation 
Well, anyway, the Parks gang comes in with coffee and tries to help Leslie figure out how to counter everything that Chris is saying. And I love that Leslie's trying to tell Andy what to do. Um, like, why is such a golden retriever? He can do this. I know he's such a little puppy. I just, I know his eyes are like drifting off. It's one of my favorite scenes, Have honestly. You seen that blooper. Which one? With in that scene when Chris Pratt's looking to the side, I don't think so. Well, there's a blooper here um, that leads me to believe that that might have been improvised on Chris Pratt's part, where he's looking okay. off into the distance because Amy Poehler in the blooper was like really laughing at this, like, "Oh my god, he can't even look straight at me." You know what I mean? Like, I think that it cracked her up to me in a way that did not seem scripted, but you know, what? yeah. <laughs> so I, can I totally love it. See that? What a great character choice if that was improvised because that. That fits totally. so well because he's losing interest in what she's saying. She's talking for too long for his brain span. It's just it's so well, so well done. And then he tries to leave, and she's like, "Wait, you don't know what evidence I need." <laughs> right. Come back. And he's like, "Oh, right." Oh my god! And then he still doesn't get it when she explains. So April goes with him to make sure that yes. it gets done. Did you see the um, picture of Bella Abzug? Apparently, is also uh, in her house too. Yes, I did see that. That's cool. Yeah. I couldn't remember. I I was going to go back and look for it, but I couldn't remember where in the Leslie House episode that it would be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. It is. Um, <laughs> now Ron is giving the task uh, to find out who's going to testify, and Donna has to help him. And Seriously, I'm, with the men in this office? Yes. <laughs> I, I wrote, yay, she's getting more lines. Yay. Yes, yes. I love it. I know. So good. Um, and then she tells Anne to text her every 30 seconds that everything's going to be okay. I thought it was going to be like five minutes or something. And then when I heard her say 30 seconds, I was like, oh, right. <laughs> it's Leslie. Yeah, it's Leslie. Yeah. And there Anne is doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doing it for her. And then she puts her headphones in, which I want to believe is Sarah McLaughlin. I know. I did too. But there's a deleted scene that it's Eminem. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I know, right? That's a jump. <laughs> because <laughs> there's a deleted scene um i didn't write exactly what the line was or whatever but it was like i need oh yeah she was saying i need whatever coffee with whipped cream which she gets all of these things in the in this scene you see mm-hmm. her with all the stuff like and she's eating the whipped cream the off whipped the top cream, yeah with the lattes yep. and extra sugar or whatever the hell and i need my ipod with eminem lose yourself <laughs> I mean, it's a great song, but when she usually pumps herself up to Sarah McLaughlin, you're like... Totally! That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. That's funny. It's so funny. Um, okay, so now this is where she has a talking head when she decides to fight, because if she doesn't, her reputation's going to be ruined, and you go down in history as a frozen whore. <laughs> I also, wine. I do love, speaking of iPods, I do love that this was like an old technology moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Loved that old iPod. We've had a couple of those in the last couple episodes. Mm-hmm. The old cell phone. Yep. Yep. Um, all right. So now Anne is back with her laptop because uh, she is next on the, you know, questioning bit for the trial. Yes. I also really liked her shirt here. I thought that she looked really good. I did not. I mean, obviously, she looks good in everything, but I thought mm-hmm. that this was an interesting shirt to me because it like folds over kind of. Like yeah. It. Yeah. Very. It's a very nice touch. I also found somewhere and I don't know how real this could be. But heard that her laptop case is the same one that Mark got her. Yeah, I saw that too. I think it is. Yeah, I love I the and and as we know the show so well, they're very good at that follow through. Mm-hmm. Very very good. So. Poor little Mark. I wish he could have come back. Whatever. I know. <laughs> Not fully. I don't need him back as a series regular. Although that would oh, be yeah. cool too. But like that would have been fun. But okay, I get it. 
Um, all right. Anne says, Ben is fine. And to look at the monster. Hope you know what that means, which we do now. Uh, and then this is where Ron says there's a rumor that there's a killer witness. And Leslie is all confused because I guess she forgot about what happened at Lil Sebastian's memorial. I mean, that's the biggest part of the whole thing. I don't know. It was wild. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard for me because I feel like with Leslie, who Leslie is as a person, mm-hmm. she's usually a very moral person very with it so the fact that she did this one thing that was not super moral you'd think that that would stick with her mm-hmm. you know so that that's where i i lose it for for me if if she yeah. like was always doing immoral stuff like she'd probably forget right like yeah. it would but yeah it's it's interesting for me that neither because you'd think ben would think about it too yeah too that's true yeah so weird uh, but crazy well i love when ron walks away um because she says like find out who the killer witnesses are and like silence them or like mm-hmm. make sure they can't talk and he's and very at proud first of I it thought that leslie had a weird look of like don't like oh god what did i just say but it's Anne that's like what <laughs> what do you mean silence them and leslie's like yeah do what you need to do as an on while you're on the ethics trial you're right <laughs> in the oh courtroom Exactly. Okay. Leslie. So this is one of my favorite parts um, because Leslie is questioning Anna when she started dating Ben. I love the detail that there are 44 exclamation points in her subject line. (laughs) Yes. 18 Y's. Yes. Yes. Oh, love that so much. And I love this video um, learning how to use iMovie. Oh, my God. Such a big deal. And this was at the time. I'm let's see. 2011. Right. Yeah. This was totally at the time when people got macbooks and we're taking picture on photo booth and yes. doing all the cool shit that apple created slash invented for like the regular everyday user so this totally makes sense to me yeah i think so i think so too good timing very societally on on time mm-hmm. and i think it looks like from that picture it totally looks like she learned how to use um photoshop too because she like cuts out the pictures their ha- basically their faces because yeah. movie doesn't really do that that's a um, great photo of Adam Scott, by the way. Great photo. He looks so cute. Yeah, so precious. Yeah, but good. also side note: apparently, the song playing in the background of the video that Leslie sent is the same song played when Lil Sebastian's owners and friends walk out mm-hmm. on stage in Lil Sebastian. That's so crazy. Cannot believe I have not noticed that before. But when I heard it, I was like, "Yeah, the yeah, yeah." It's when the yeah the horses are brought out at Little Sebastian's funeral. That's yeah, I was like, how have I not caught that before? Because any time I hear um, American Girl, mm-hmm. I think of Harvest Festival. Sure. So it's like, I can't believe I didn't hear that. And maybe it's because it was in Parks and Rec a second time. It was like, oh, this is just Parks and Rec to me. I mm-hmm. don't know. But very yeah, cool. Yeah, well, and you're also so focused on the video, too. <laughs> True. Yes. She's very excited. <laughs> I also love that during this, Ethel is eating soup. She's just not bothered. <laughs> Reminder to rest in peace because Helen Slayton Hughes, who plays that, she passed away in 2022, literally last year, and we love her so much. We did a whole deep dive on her. The first time was the fourth floor episode when it was Mm -hmm. her and the other um, older black lady um, that were like teasing uh, Tom. And yes, rest in peace, our sweet queen. We love you. Yes. And I think Um, she is... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Ethel. I think she's like, this is how close I am to retirement. This is how much I care. (laughs) Totally. I can't believe she stays in the office like up until I don't even know. Wasn't she in the office for um, Ron's second wedding to Diane or something? Maybe not. 
her wedding to Diane. She's definitely there for when Ben and Leslie get married. Oh, yeah. That's probably what I meant. I think that's what I meant. Anyway. She's with um, her her lover when they have to come get the marriage license. (laughs) I love it so much. It's so cute. (laughs) Um, I was going to say, I love that Leslie's face is cut off from the screen. Like, that's so amateur hour. I just love it so much. And the explosion effect. Oh, my God. It's so perfect. Do you remember the video I made for Sean that I sent you like a million years ago? I think yeah, it was, was it? It was for his birthday or something, huh? Yeah. Oh, my God. So, again, I have a lot of information, I guess, for the newbies here if you're new. But if you're new, Sean is also a friend of the pod. He did our theme song and all these things. We went to college together. Um, and during 2020, his birthday was happening. Obviously, everybody's birthday was happening. Mm-hmm. But Sierra, who he has a um, music band with, Southern Call, was put out like a feeler and was like, um, or not a feeler, but just like put out a request basically of like make a video to say like hey it's your birthday because we couldn't see him obviously it was 2020 we didn't mm-hmm. want to like be in person and, and so it, I made it was this like video. his birthday is like like weeks after covid shut everything down yeah, it was april and yeah. march was when it started it was or not started but like when we when shut everything down shut down um but i made this video that was legitimate all because of um leslie (laughs) like in a world and i said all of the things that were happening in the world (laughs) and it was just so funny because i think i think sean thought that i was which it's all parks whatever but sean thought that i was like inspired by um the bobby newport bobby (laughs) newport and i was like oh that's true too (laughs) but it was totally this video that really got me sparked so right (laughs) i thought that was really funny i love it Anyways, also, I did way more than everyone else because you know me, but everyone else was You're like Holly. just filming. <laughs> it was such a Leslie move. Everyone else was just like, hey, Sean, happy birthday. And I was like doing this full on <laughs> production. <laughs> so stupid. I love it. Anyhow. Okay. Now we have where Tom is being questioned if you are. Yes. And Leslie is being questioned technically too about mm-hmm. them being lovers i had the same reaction as leslie i was like oh my god are you yeah, kidding i just i thought that they had clarified that relatively well with chris when it happened so the fact that he's bringing it back this was frustrating for me and i know That's it's just part too. of the the entertainment right of it but it's like they they told you that this was fake when it happened why are That's we bringing exactly this what back? i wrote I was like, this is the point where I think Chris is going too far. I mean, I do get it because to the outsider and Chris was still relatively new, I guess, at this point, like you could see this. But just like you said, like use your common sense, first of all, you know, Mm -hmm. Leslie and like and, you know, Tom. okay. and secondly, yeah, like you said, we went through this. Mm -hmm. We already covered this. We've clarified what's happening here. Yeah. Never, ever in my life. But I do think that it's funny because Tom explains that. Um. It would be kissing Leslie would be like kissing my older sister's elderly aunt. Yeah, Wouldn't that technically be your his aunt? aunt? Yes. <laughs> okay. I wrote the same thing. Okay. Yeah. For sure. I, I mean, I know his point was just like the older that I can get the metaphorical person to be. That's what it was supposed to be. But I yeah. was just like, you mean your elderly aunt? <laughs> right. Same thing, but I wonder uh, if that was like improvised or something too. I don't know. It could have been. I do. I do have to appreciate here that Tom is taking this seriously. Yeah. Like he. He's not. I mean, right. He does the elderly aunt thing, but sure. For the most part, he's answering very clearly. Yeah. Like this is this is what happened. You know, Leslie and I. You know, he's very very clear. He's not like pulling any shit like April. <laughs> right. Oh my God, April. Which makes me mad. 
Totally. Uh, Leslie's saying she had some trouble with her character witnesses, a.k.a. April and Andy. April mm-hmm. is going so crazy, which also I do like her outfit. I just th- think that a lot of times when she's dressed so professionally, it just really brings me back to how far she's come as far as like her professional look. Oh, yeah. She office. used to have those like baggy sweatshirts she'd wear right. and stuff. Yeah. And not even she's professional, more so like just she's maturing. And I think, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that was nice. But. There was a whole deleted scene here, too, where Chris tries to say um, that Ben showed Leslie favoritism by approving things because of the whole, like, favoritism thing or whatever. Mm. Um, And Leslie was super prepared for this part um, because, obviously, they had, like, a break and she got prepared. But Leslie pulls out an email where Ben did not approve of things, like... To prove that, you know, it doesn't always happen. It just happened Mm -hmm. to work this one time. And she says that 40% of the time things were approved for her by the city manager's office. And since Ben started, it's only approved 30%, which I think is a really good uh, scene and information to have. I'm sorry they cut it because I think that would have been cool. Yeah, Um, I like that. It's good to know. Yeah, that's great. I think that's great statistical evidence of her to have. Yeah. And there were also a lot of deleted scenes where Chris Pratt or Andy's um, scene was longer, but April's scene was also way longer, too. And that part I am glad they cut because I think it was just interesting to see little snippets of what each person was doing, you know? Yeah, I don't Um, think we needed more content. We just needed to see the snippet of what they were, you know what they were yeah doing because they don't really say anything and that's probably why it's cut in the deleted scene like they do question april about like some notes that she had been taking or whatever but like it wasn't really important um yeah which i you know um but anyway andy thinks he's being questioned about a laptop that he broke <laughs> objection laptop. objection <laughs> oh my god i, love I did want to tell you i think this might have been an alternate tag scene but there's a deleted scene where they're at andy and april's house and andy is literally washing the laptop in the sink to get the spaghetti off and then he puts it in the microwave to dry it and it starts like sparking and doing all these like crazy things and oh my god and then leslie and ben walk in after they have their little cute moment and leslie's like okay so my place and ben's like yes please and Again, I know this is a deleted scene, but for God's sake, Ben, move the fuck out. Yeah, Especially dude. now that you and Leslie are together. You don't have mm-hmm. to move in with her, but like get your own fucking place. Ugh. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> anyway. You're old just, enough. You make enough money. Like, let's go. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Moving anyway. on. Now I'm at where Donna's being questioned if you are. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, she's being questioned about this motel receipt, and Chris is like, you can't use taxpayer funds, whatever. Ben and Leslie were wearing classic white people clothes, <laughs> button-downs and khakis. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Basic love white that. people clothes. And I love that it's showing, again, uh, Donna's an expert at, like, sexual tension, sexual, like, things, situations in hotel rooms or whatever, and so she's like, listen, nothing happened in that. Like, it looked like an office, and apparently it was, and this is where Mm -hmm. Leslie messes up her ending line, because they were doing federal grant proposals, and she's like, we got the gramps. (laughs) It's gonna be such a great moment. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, and I love this, too, like, because we're seeing, okay, he is actually coming forward with some legit concerns, right? If you're... Mm -hmm. The charging a hot a hotel room but That's like true. she has a good she has a good reason and she has a good character witness yeah. for that so i do so like that we're seeing fumigated some, so yep. shut up <laughs> yeah i thought i i i liked i liked that 
specific aspect also because we got to see more Donna, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because this is a, a real concern. Like the Tom thing to me is not a real concern. No. You know, so. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. Okay, so now Leslie's talking to Ethel and like asking Ethel, what do you think your chances are? And <laughs> Ethel was like, if you want to bet on it, we can. And she's like, is that <laughs> ethical to do that? And she's like, I don't know. You're the one on trial. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. You tell me. <laughs> I know. Ethel's oh. so great. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I like that when Ron's being questioned, we see the buildup of what we saw in the intro. He doesn't want his address known, mm-hmm. um, which at first, I don't know why it didn't click in my head. At first, I was like, why does she need to know that? But obviously, she went to his house when she was trying to decide or whatever um, what she was going to do. And so, yeah, that was really, um, really interesting. And um, but we did still hear 9301 Cedarcrest. So, mm hmm. Yep, which probably is easy to find if you're in Pawnee, right? Like, you know, there's yeah. not going to be a lot of places that, you know, they, they can yeah. say it to us and it would take us forever because we don't know the zip code. We don't know if there's right. it's under a different town. But if you're from Pawnee, they probably know yeah. now. <laughs> right, exactly. And then Ron smells Tammy. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> runs. Of- he gets out and up and runs. Yes, runs away. <laughs> he can smell the sulfur coming off which, her cloven hooves. Can you do that if you're the one sitting there? Like witnessing? You mean like run away? Yeah. I don't know, man. He don't care. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> oh, man. Which, by the way, there's also a deleted scene here where Tammy and Chris are having a moment and Tammy's like totally flirting with Chris like mm-hmm. a lot. Um, but it's like it wasn't necessary either. This is a part where similar to Andy and April, it's like we just need to see the little clip. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but, the clip is amazing. I absolutely, me- Megan Mullally, the way she acts this entire thing is just so, so well done. She's perfect. And she's just there for the drama, which oh is God. so her. Yes. I love it so Ugh, much. She has pictures that will definitively prove that Ben and Leslie's relationship started earlier. But see, this is where I'm like, Chris, you must know that she's drama queen slash liar because yeah, why? why would you you didn't say that to anyone else like reminder if you lie i'll fire you and have you prosecuted and then she changes her tune so i'm like absolutely nothing it will prove absolutely nothing let's have, have so much fun with this trial <laughs> it's so good i watched will and grace actually like starting from the beginning because i've oh, never nice. watched it start to finish and i love seeing megan mullally it's like so wonderful yeah she's and so John great Hayes. i mean really all of them but mm-hmm. yeah love it good stuff for sure side note um yeah i can say this because um hopefully i'm really pissed about the strike but yeah i read about that yesterday and i'm upset for you and with you fucking abhorrent and ridiculous and i hate it but we'll talk about that another time um but she is in a new movie right now which again it'll be dated by the time i say it but she is in a new movie called dicks the musical and it's an a24 movie that started out as an improv uh show at ucb and uh i can't even get over it it's the first musical that they've done or that a24 has done uh nathan lane megan mullally and these two like no i mean I, i hate to say this word because i am one of them but like these two nobodies um, mm-hmm. who just did improv like had their agents or something and they did not plan this they just had their I think their agents came and brought people and somebody literally asked like have you ever thought of doing this as a movie and they were like what? uh and then they kind of like lied a little bit where they were like I mean sure <laughs> <laughs> so they 
you're like but i can't wait to to watch it it's like kind of similar to parent trap apparently um which i don't really get the connection to be completely honest i just think it's hilarious that they named it dicks the musical (laughs) so and megan has been posting i found out about it because it was on busy phillips um podcast they uh, they both were on the podcast and uh talking about it but uh the two guys that created it but megan mullally um is in it and she's one of the lead characters and she's been posting about it too so oh, i think nice. that'll be really interesting to see <laughs> that's awesome i'll have to keep anyway. my eye out and megan mullally is like a broadway star so i'm really excited to hear her sing that'll be fun yeah be Anyhow, awesome. okay so, um, let's see. Uh, George Williams from Public Works is the last witness. And this is where we see that Leslie is scared because he's the one they bribed to keep their relationship secret. Mm-hmm. My question is, how did Chris know this? Like, who told him that? This is, this is where my brain went, especially when you brought up why is Tammy there? Mm-hmm. Right. And then my thought, my brain went to... Do we think that he sent out a ping to the government employees Hmm. to say, you know, if you have any evidence? Because I can see Tammy being like, oh, fuck, yeah, I have evidence if she Mm -hmm. got something that was like, hey, you know, and then maybe he's like, oh, actually, you know, I had a run in with them because you're right. How does he figure that out? That's interesting. But also, I, I can't know. see him sending out a memo to the entire government being right. like, I just don't know. I mean, it's a good point, but that, that I mean, the Megan, Mul- the Tammy thing is a good point because it also is a good point here of how did these two witnesses come to play? Because mm-hmm. Chris has to know that Tammy's not a, not go to her right. out of his own volition. Mm-hmm. And then does he even know who George is? Right. Yeah, I guess that's a good question to ask. Like, how, like, did he send out feelers or hire somebody to, like, ask, like, interview everybody? Mm. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. That's, like, potentially been in contact with them. I don't know. Yeah, or, like, uh, even because he was linked to this little Sebastian event, like, Mm -hmm. finding things that Leslie was linked to in this time frame she says she was with Ben. Yeah, that's fair. Well, anyway, the point is that this guy, George Williams, which, by the way, is played by Biff Yeager, who did send us voice memos on the Lil mm-hmm. Sebastian episode. So please go back and listen to that. I did message him again and asked if he had any further memories, but he was like, not really, other than what I told you. So and I was like, that's fair. Totally. <laughs> yeah, get it. that's fine. Um, and uh, Chris is interviewing him now and saying that he saw Leslie kissing Ben at Lil Sebastian's memorial. Um, side note, uh, I love that he keeps saying Chris keeps saying lol, like l-u-l-l for lil sebastian <laughs> like he really makes it a point to say lil sebastian yeah i love but it. leslie tries to uh, chris says like um can you point out leslie nope in this bill uh, in this office or this room or whatever and leslie tries to point to someone else as if she's not leslie like <sighs> as if he's blind or something and which oh is my God. she's showing her cards right there totally oh like and it's dude. so good it's so good yeah. And he says that, uh, you know, Ben and Leslie got all nervous um, when they saw that he was watching them and offered them a gift card. I love this line. My wife said my skin was luminous. Because <laughs> um, I think that's like the real damning thing is if they use what they were like blackmailed for or whatever mm. or bribed for or whatever. So if um, he I hadn't mean, used the gift bad, card, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been as bad. I don't think it would have been because then it would have. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But I think that that's why he asked that because mm-hmm. if he didn't use it i guess they could have potentially said well i like wasn't a part of this bribe you know what i mean right like, i didn't 
Or he actually didn't gain anything from it. Right, right. But Leslie tries to backtrack because he's wearing glasses um, on this day and he wasn't wearing glasses on the job. And I love this so much. I could read this if I weren't so blind. Well, yes. that went terribly. That went terribly. <laughs> I would like a 55 day recess, please. <laughs> oh, my God. They're nearing the end, though. So you don't yeah. have much time. They, she does get a recess. But ugh, that yeah. sucks. That really. And they saved him for the last. And I think that was really important and cool. Yeah, the bomb at the end, the Ugh, cherry on yes. top. Well, now Leslie is saying to the parks people, like, read through all these books, try to find some rules or something that could save her. And he says his doesn't have any pictures. I thought that was so funny. That is one of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, that, lines. Honestly, that could have been improvised, too. Who knows? Yeah. He's so good um, at improv. Who knows? Yeah, it's, he really yeah. is. But, that seems um, like so much work, though. Like, honestly, if I come in there as leslie's friend and she's like start reading through all these bu books with the laws in it i'm like we have 10 minutes friend i know like we need like a better a strategy this i feel like it's a waste of time you're not going to find anything in like 10 minutes yeah and there are really crazy laws banning missionary position black people can't use city sidewalks like it's so wild yeah and i'm yeah. gonna post this um i found this link th that says um outdated laws that you might have broken <laughs> And so there is this website. Again, I did not do further research on whether these things are accurate, but I'm pretty positive that they are. And I'm, I'll post it so you guys can do your own research. But I'll just read a few of them. Um, the first one was Indiana, actually, that I was going to okay. read. That's the third one on this list, because this one has seven outdated laws. In Indiana, black cats are required to wear bells around their necks on Friday the 13th. Okay. <laughs> the small town of French Lake Springs takes superstition seriously. In 1939, the law was put into effect during the World War II era to ease public stress. It still exists today. So if you're looking for a place to test your luck on the next Friday the 13th, which was yesterday for us, mm -hmm. uh, Indiana might be a good place to be. All right. Which I think that's hilarious. That is funny. Um, I was trying to find some other places. I guess the closest place on here for you would be Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> if you're a fan of dairy in Wisconsin, butter and cheese are required to be highly pleasing. Since this state is known for dairy farming, they take pride in protecting their reputation. The Wisconsin State Legislature contains several ordinances detailing these palatable requirements for both cheese and butter. So if you're looking for dairy that's required to be delicious by law, you'll find what you're searching for in Wisconsin. Very crazy. That's true. I have not had bad cheese there. You said what? I've not had bad cheese yep, there. Same. Okay, then I just have two more, and I'll just read like the headlines, not the actual description, because they're pretty uh, explanatory. In Arkansas, it's illegal to mispronounce the state's name. <laughs> A lot of people say Arkansas. <laughs> oh my god! And then in Connecticut, a pickle cannot be sold unless it bounces. The fuck. When's the last time it says, when's the last time you check to see if the pickle you're about to eat bounces when dropped? <laughs> Never. It enacted in 1948 to prevent fraudulent salesmen from selling unfit pickles. Today, okay. the law still exists, but of course, isn't actually enforced. <laughs> so is a pickle bad if it doesn't bounce? I like, don't know. Okay. Oh my God. I, maybe. <clears throat> I don't like know. Like it was too, uh, too dense with juice or something? I don't, I don't know. know. Wow. In Maryland, it's illegal to swear while driving. <laughs> Uh, in so Oklahoma, many people break that law. You said what? <laughs> so many people break that oh, law. Oh, of course, especially Maryland. Mm -hmm. um, in Oklahoma, it's illegal to wrestle a bear. <laughs> I'm okay with that one. I do Apparently, not need to wrestle a bear. People were wrestling bears so much that they had to make it illegal That's whenever so this was enacted. That's so funny. Oh my god. Um, in Rhode Island, it's illegal to impersonate an auctioneer. 
Uh, okay. Okay. In Gainesville, Georgia, it's illegal to eat fried chicken with a knife and fork, <laughs> which I feel like such a Southern thing. That is a very Southern thing, yeah. It says... Uh, the law was passed in 1961 to get publicity for the town as the self-proclaimed poultry capital of the world. Okay. okay. Um, in the University Hill section of Boulder, Colorado, it's illegal to put upholstered furniture on your porch. <laughs> I don't know why. Weird. Uh, okay. It says this law was an attempt to stop students from lighting couches and other pieces of furniture on fire. Honestly, I could see that happening. It and then finally, uh, in New Jersey, it's illegal to commit a violent crime while, while wearing a bullet, bulletproof vest, which apparently violent crimes always are illegal, but New Jersey enforces an extra charge for wearing the vest. I don't know why, but... Because the other person can't fight back to the same I level? No, I don't... Dude. Okay. Weird. All Anyhow, right. so I will post that. You guys can do your own research on whether they're real or not, but... Nice. <laughs> okay. And then this is where Leslie suggests that Ben could be super helpful and Donna goes to get him, but she can't find him. Mm -hmm. And also, oh, yeah, I was going to say April has that line about witches. Um, which, like if you're la if a woman is caught laughing, you're a witch, which brought me back to the last episode where I talked about witches and how insane mm -hmm. it was. So anyway, I guess I'm a witch. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes me laugh, too, because doesn't April like kind of consider herself a witch? I feel like she yeah. would. Mm -hmm. And she's like the opposite of laughing. So, right. But maybe she's more like satanic and everyone else is a witch. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyhow. All that. right. So Leslie is now having this moment where it's really wonderful with Ron. Um, just because you mm. did something bad doesn't mean you're a bad person. It's whether you own up to it and try to make it better. I think that's really astute. We're seeing Ron's mentorship come in here. And this mm -hmm. is really nice. Yeah. Very wise advice. I mm -hmm. mean, that's that's the truth, right? It's like it's. Uh, kind of an equivalent on the other end of like if you fall or you make a mistake it's not that you made the mistake it's how do you how do you handle it afterwards mm -hmm. totally and this is where she goes to her people and she says you know i'm sorry i let everyone down which is so deep because i think so many times we're just scared that people will be disappointed in us mm -hmm. and that's why we're trying to like solve it obviously hers is also like I feel like I'm a bad person, but it's so wonderful to see everybody just love her for who she is. And like, this isn't bad. She didn't. And like, to their point, she didn't do anything terribly insane. Like, like we were talking about before, but she yeah. obviously holds herself to such a higher expectation and being held on trial is such a awful, terrible thing for her, but she's going to try to do what's right. And people love her for it. And, mm -hmm. you know, even before that they loved her. So yeah, absolutely. Also, you I can think. really hear sirens behind me. So apologies. <laughs> You're good. I don't think I can hear them. So I'll probably be able to hear them on the recording. There were so many sirens earlier today and I keep trying to look up like what's going on, but something must be happening around this area or something. Huh. I don't know. Uh -oh. Anyway. And I also have the window open, which is totally my fault because I don't have the air conditioning on when we record. So I just, it's a little stuffy. Yeah. Uh, that's okay. Anyway. Si sirens, authenticity, everybody. Yeah. So this is when Chris walks in with a super sad slash like negative face and everybody is just sad kind of um, and she's going to accept what happens. Um, and then this is where we get kind of a little, you know, switcheroo where the committee says she's going to be suspended for two weeks with pay, which is so the opposite of what we thought was going to happen. We all would love that. Yeah, <laughs> I would love that. Would be great. <laughs> 
Um, uh, and then she, this is where she's like, I should have gotten fired. Like, what happened? And she asks Chris, like, why, sh- like, what happened? Like, this, you know. And then this is where we find the sad news that Ben resigned for her for this. And that is yep. why. And yeah. this is where he says he was just doing his job to prevent corruption. Hopefully she can understand. I personally, again, as we got further in the episode, don't think that it needed to go that far. But whatever. I get it. It's tough, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think the the reason I'm trying to um, that I'm trying to see from Chris's point of view is he doesn't want it to come back that he was too easy on them and that that seemed like special treatment. Yeah. As a friend. But again, I'm I'm with you. I'm still with you emotionally on it. Right. Yeah. I'm just trying to feel that devil's advocate. No, totally. I see both sides and I totally do. Um, I still think he went too far um, for mm-hmm. me personally, just because I love Leslie so much, of course. Yeah. But also, I definitely see Chris's side, especially mm-hmm. like like we talked about. He They keep calling it Chris's role. They keep blaming him. They keep like saying I didn't actually do anything when really they did, mm-hmm. you know, so like I do get it. You know, I see both sides for sure. But I'm always yeah. going to be on Leslie's side. <laughs> Even though she, it's not always the right side to be on, (laughs) but in this case it is. So, but no, it comes to a good closure. I feel with them kind of revealing what happened. Um, I do love Chris's line of Leslie's the only person he's met who's worthy of being Ben's girlfriend. That's really special. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. And I think that's um, him coming through to speak about that he's happy about the relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not mad that they're together. It's, he's mad about how it happened, kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, and then he says that the last page of the transcript is on record of Ben's, uh, you know, committee meeting and that she should listen. Um, oh, my God. I love Ethel so much. Uh, rest yes. I cannot even. <laughs> um, and... This is, again, also where Chris is saying uh, the lull, even in this part of it, which I thought for Lil Sebastian, which is I, I think is great. Um, side note, I mean, he kind of like prefaces it with this, like when he says, like, can I just ask you one final question? This question isn't to me needed. I know we need it in the show. And I know technically like if it wasn't a show, it would be because they're friends. But I don't think it's like professional to ask, was it worth it? Like in this trial. Mm. But that's just me. But we do get the answer, which is beautiful, Um, you know, so I love the back and forth also between the transcript and the real scene. I think that's that's what I was going to say. The editing and the the difference between hearing Ethel say it and hearing them them Mm -hmm. say it is is really great. Yeah, it's a really um, interesting and pretty strong choice to have Ethel say Ben's lines. I would Mm -hmm. have thought... I don't know. I would love to see both and like kind of pick which one because yeah. I think Ben saying it would be really strong too. But having, I guess, Ethel say it be on the record and like what he actually said and like what Leslie is hearing is really strong. I think I think that's where where it worked for me mm-hmm. was that you're hearing it as Leslie's hearing mm-hmm. it rather than hearing it detached from Leslie. Yeah. But then also the first time we get to hear it come from Ben's lips is actually to Leslie. Yeah. Rather than to Chris. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. I like so that a lot. I it's like so that. Cute. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and Ben was like, yeah, because I love Leslie. I do every anything for her, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It was so beautiful. And I love Ethel's oh my God, I love it. Crying noise. Crying noise. Crying noise. Nose blow. <laughs> <laughs> it's so punctuated the way she says it. Totally. And this is one of my um 
one of my favorite Ben lines and what I think my favorite line in the the episode when Ben's holding Chris and he's mm-hmm. like, let it out, I guess. Question it's mark? like, cause Chris is more emotional about all of this yep. than Ben is, is so. Totally. And for me, again, who knows how deep this was meant to be, but for me as an audience member having analyzed this, but even maybe not analyzing this, this was such a huge deal because Ben's whole identity from the minute we met him was mm-hmm. building himself back up to be professional from the scandal of Town, making it more rigid guidelines, Getting back to being a politician slash like good government employee, doing everything right. And he is now blowing literally all of that up for Leslie. And yeah. it's like so wonderful and emotional. And I think he's seeing that there is now because Leslie, I think, has a maybe had a better balance of it at first, I think, of like both life and work. Or maybe she just combined them so much that it didn't matter. But to him, I think he didn't see anything more important than that more important than building back his reputation, building back his career. And now he's seeing that there is more to life than being so uptight about everything. And Mm -hmm. it's really transformative, I think. Such a great, interesting character arc for us to see. So I thought that was really lovely. I I agree. And we we see the selflessness here. Mm -hmm. And yeah, now we see Leslie coming home. And she brings Ethel so they can reopen the record. Oh my God. Ethel slash Helen is so freaking cute. I can't stand it I with that know. little lead reading light slash lamp in her little smile. It's so precious. How did she talk her into like, hey, just take a real quick trip over <laughs> here and then also go home right after? I know. Oh my God. But then they kiss and it's so precious and it's really cute. Like while they're reading the train, while Ethel's reading the transcript, she's like kissing or they're kissing rather. And it's just like so special. Mm hmm. Yeah. And this is where the scene would have been after the fact of Andy washing the laptop. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My gosh. uh, And the snow looked great, too. Yeah. This I yeah, I love the snow. It adds that really cute, cute factor to it. Mm -hmm. There's so many. Um moments where these kisses for ben and leslie are like monumental kisses Mm -hmm. like when he grabs her after the little league thing when they Mm -hmm. kissed at the end of the last episode in the smallest park and now when they're kissing here it's like these big monumental moments for the relationship so Mm -hmm. they're these like i i think it's just so cool because i think a lot of times when we have um those moments in a tv show there's one of them and it's Mm -hmm. like okay well now they're together Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they've got a couple that's so true good point All right. Well, now we're at the tag, if you are. Yes. And we are learning that Jerry's name is Gary and the old director called him Jerry and he never corrected him. So now it's Gary. He shows his ID and everything. Remember in the last episode, his old Parks ID also said Gary. We talked about Mm -hmm. that. And they just can't get over it. They cannot get over it. They need a five minute break to process this. And literally everyone is on board, which I think is hilarious, especially Chris. Chris is like, oh, my God, you can't even say your name right. Like, whatever. Um, It's so great. I love it. I know. I love it. It's a great little side. And 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 cuz his his testimony like it's not bringing anything to the actual trial, so it is a perfect tag. Yeah. That's so real. That's real. Did you see the trivia moment about Jerry's mom calling him Gerald? Yes. That's so crazy. Um, yeah. In the tr- in uh, the time, time capsule. capsule episode. Yeah, Jerry's mom calls him Gerald in her diaries. So to his mom, his name is Jerry, or maybe she said Gary is short for Gerald. I don't know, but I think it was probably more of an oops moment, but mm-hmm. I think that's kind of funny. Yeah, it's very interesting. I would love to see what his birth certificate says, because his ID yeah. obviously says Gary, which mm-hmm. should be enough, but at the moment of birth, what did they type? <laughs> right. Well, what was it that day? 
Yeah. Oh, my God. It's just hilarious how that keeps building, how he's eventually going to be Larry and all these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Terry. Oh, my God. It's great. Anyway. It's so funny that they picked a name that rhymes with so many other names. Exactly. I know. Oh, my I God. I bet they didn't do that on purpose and it just fell into that. Absolutely. Well, that was the trial of Leslie Nope. That's all I got. Yeah. That's all she wrote. Mm-hmm. But Sam- a good one. It's. I mean, a lot happens, but it feels like everything moves so fast but mm-hmm. it's we've got some closure on yeah on the ben and leslie stuff we're not going to be as uptight about about yeah. it like you know we're not going to be as worried about them getting caught anymore or anything like that so yeah and now it's it's really interesting because we'll get to see ben like figure out his life and mm-hmm. what he's going to do apart from the government in the secular world and i think it's just like really um interesting to see that um and what he's going to be you know pursuing next because he does have a lot of skills that are so transferable to everything else Absolutely. so that's really cool um and i'm excited to see that we've got a lot of you know leslie nope is not going to be good with having two weeks off so i would love Mm -hmm. um i can't wait to analyze that part of it too (laughs) yeah that'll be good and the next steps for her what the scandal will do for her job and her Mm -hmm. her run for city council yeah we're getting close to the um the ice skating rink episode (laughs) yes get on your feet the best so all right everybody well let us know if you have any other questions or anything else that we can look up for you but anyway we hope that you have a good week and um we'll see you next time See you next time. Bye. There's a park and some pals and there's also therapy too.